0: Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Podcast Series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness Webcast Series, held on December 12, 2018, addressing the new proposed foreign tax credit regulations. The panelists for the webcast were Mike DeFranzo, Mike Erse, Nini Dewar, and John Harrell, all PwC tax partners in our international tax services practice. This excerpt consists of a general discussion among the panelists, providing a general overview of the foreign tax credit rules, the top key observations of the proposed foreign tax credit regulations, and effective dates for the regulations. Have a listen.
1: Okay, the foreign tax credit rules, um, a quick a quick overview. So we got, as part of the uh, TCJA, a promise in a way that foreign tax credits really weren't going to be relevant because we were going to be moving into a territorial system. However, the reality is foreign tax credits are even more relevant, I think, today than they were prior to reform, and there's a lot to get through, and I think the complications related to foreign tax credits have really ramped up. So what do the foreign tax credit uh, regulations do? They deal with taking the statutory provisions and putting some color around them and and giving us some rules that we can actually uh, navigate through. Uh, the new statutory provisions. So they repeal the indirect credits and deal with that under 902. Uh, They deal with amending uh, section 960 provisions. They also uh, deal with introducing the new foreign tax credit limitations uh, uh, set forth in under 904 in the baskets. And then they modify the sourcing rules. And all those things are, if they were just standalone one project, they would be big projects. But they're all in this this package here today. So there's a lot really for us to get through. The regulations were issued on November 28th. Um, One general point I'm gonna tell you about the regulations is I watched some people who spend a lot of time in foreign tax credits, and when they started reading them, everybody's head was spinning. There's a a lot of complexity. So hopefully we can get through and and simplify some of it. And I'm gonna start with four simple boxes that sort of go through and try to capture, again, what the regulations do. They deemed with, the key highlights are the deemed paid credits, Uh, expense apportionment, and foreign tax credit baskets, and then the transition rules. And as we walk through, we'll try to take each and every one of those on. But before we get there, Mike, when you're on these panels, you love starting with the the ode to David Letterman and the top 10. So what are the top 10 things we're looking for when we're reading these regulations?
2: Well, uh, Mike, thank you. Um, I think um, number one on the list has to be that these regulations include some favorable rules around how you treat the Section 250 deduction, and essentially what they say is that to the extent you get a deduction under 250, you treat that income as exempt, and the assets that helped you produce that 250 deduction, they're treated as partially exempt assets. So um, what that means is you end up getting more favorable allocation of expenses against the guilty basket Um, but if you're a company that has let's say a 20 million dollar cost of guilty because of the 861 regs you can't just assume that this change is going to lower your cost to 10 million it's it's not a a straight 50% haircut and we'll go through an example to explain that Um, the second point is that again if you have for example, NOLs and your 250 deductions limited, uh, you're not going to get a full exempt asset or exempt income treatment. It's limited to whatever your 250 deduction actually is. Um, the government came out very strongly and said uh, PTI out there, particularly toll charge PTI, is not an exempt asset or a partially exempt asset. So the, the stock basis that you're characterizing, which Nini's going to talk about. Uh, is essentially your outside basis plus all your EMP and your PTI, even the toll charge PTI. So it's for most taxpayers, it's a big number. And the regs do clarify that you use year-end earnings as opposed to averaged earnings. Some clients have used the January EMP and the December EMP and averaged it. But the regs uh, state you just do the 12T bump using the year-end amount. Uh, Fourth item is these uh, proposed regs shut down certain partnership planning uh, and they treat the hybrid instrument netting rule as being inapplicable any longer. Um, So if you have structures, you're going to have to see how that affects your calculations. Um, Without a lot of surprise, they came out and said that there is no look through on payments from CFCs, uh, such as royalties, which go anywhere other than the general basket. Um, you can't get looked through to guilty. You can sometimes get it to branch. But um, this is really going to mean that a lot of US companies that get big royalties are going to have excess limitation in the general basket, uh, and everybody's going to have excess credits in the guilty basket. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Number six is probably that the proposed regs say that you do not get a 245 cap A dividends receive deduction on what we call window dividends, uh, the gross up on window dividends. Um, so John will talk a little more about that. Number seven, uh, the regs helpfully have um, a bunch of mechanical rules on how to attribute foreign taxes to... All of the uh, foreign tax credit baskets and the subgroups that are included in these rules. Um, those regulations, once you figure out all your income baskets and subcategories under US principles, they really default to the old principles that you look to the foreign tax base to determine which credits go to each income category or subgroup. Uh, so that's that item. Um, I'd say number eight is on the branches. There's a lot of guidance on what what is a branch and there's also um, guidance on how to compute the income in the branch basket and we'll go through some of the um, particularly between the home office and the branch that have to be made uh, which people may not have realized. Uh, Number nine is some transition guidance. This is Uh, again made sense I thought Um, 2017 foreign tax credit carry forwards uh, in the general basket typically would go forward to 18 in the general basket but you could elect to take some of those to the branch basket if they are 901 credits and they relate to branches Um, and similarly SLLs and LFLs that are let's say general basket they flip to eighteen in that same basket. You don't, if you are an OFL taxpayer, you don't have to worry about OFL from seventeen flipping into guilty basket in eighteen. And the last thing I'll say is on interactivity. Um, you know, we just got over five hundred pages of earnings stripping rags, three hundred pages of FTC rags. Um, we're getting reg packages on beat and other provisions. There are unforeseen interactive results from these regulations, and I'll give you two examples. First of all, you can't do any of these foreign tax credit calculations until you know your deductible interest expense in your CFC, so you have to apply 163J and figure out whether you're limited. Um, A second one is you may get a benefit from this exempt asset, exempt income treatment in your guilty basket, but as Nini's going to cover, there's knock-on effects on other baskets. And if you're in BEAT, you may give back everything that you gained from the 250 treatment because your federal tax liability went down and you don't get an FTC for BEAT. So anything you gain on the FTC, you lose to BEAT.
1: So BEAT taxpayers may not be very happy. So those are the top ten. All right, Mike. And those are, uh, I think, great observations. So, Nini, um, and we're going to turn to applicability yep. rules.
0: So, um, given the, the, the package actually covers multiple uh, sections of the codes and some are impacted by the tax reform provisions and some are not directly impacted by that, so there are different effective dates for the, the different provisions, but largely, uh, for the most part, the, the the rules and the regulations are um, effective for taxable year that begins after 2017. So essentially, after the transition year and 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 after the date the proposed regs uh, were published in the Federal Register, which is um, December 7, um, so that's the general rule. And then there are some specific provisions where, um, to the extent the provision is directly impacted by the the, the tax reform, then they have a more um uh, sort of, uh they have the date uh, the effective date as um for for the tax year beginning after. Uh, December 31st, 2017, there's no reference to when the, the proposed regs are published. Um, w- w- with with that, just, just be mindful that for a lot of these provisions, um, they're already effective for 20, 2018 for a calendar year taxpayer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like more information about this topic, please email the speakers. Their email addresses can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you.